Today's show is brought to you by Appalachian Trails and Pacific Crest Trails. If you're planning for an Appalachian Trail or Pacific Crest Trail through hike, or know someone who is, these books are a must-have resource. While other tools prepare hikers for the logistical part of a through hike, they fail to ready hikers for the most difficult aspect of a half-year backpacking trip, the psychological and emotional struggle. Appalachian Trails and Pacific Crest Trails are both written specifically to ready a hiker's mind for this life-changing journey. I've received countless messages, emails, and personal thanks from former thru-hikers who have cited one of these two books as a key to their success. Whether you're planning for a thru-hike, are on the fence of whether you want to commit to one, or are supporting a loved one on the trail, these books have proven to be an invaluable resource time and time again. Check out the show notes for direct links to both of these books. Then I start to doubt myself thinking, uh, you know, I have a limited time on earth. Would that time be better spent or more wisely spent doing that stuff at home and having that type of experience rather than being on the trail? to Trail Correspondence presented by The Trek. I am your host, Zach Badger Davis. Today's subject is near and dear to my heart. Today, we will dissect the mental side of a thru-hike. Although a half-year backpacking trip is a physical grind, this is not the most challenging part of a thru-hike. Apologies for sounding like a broken record, but as you might have likely guessed already, this title belongs to the psychological side of this journey. Our hikers chime in on whether they even agree with this sentiment, what coping mechanisms they use to overcome their challenges, how the struggles have evolved over the course of their hike, and what advice they would offer to their pre-trail selves on how to better handle these hurdles. As a bit of a spoiler, one of our hikers will greatly corroborate how difficult the mental side of this journey is, as she is no longer on trail and cites this as the key reason. Listen through to hear her entry. Her honest take is full of valuable insights for those considering a thru-hike. In today's show, we hear from Frozen, Catherine, Missy, Kenneth, Nancy, Sarah H., Hasmine, Karthika, Laura, Julie, Eric and Allison, our brother-sister duo, Angie, Dosu, and Sarah D. Here it is. Enjoy. Hey everybody, it's Frozen coming at you from New York. I'm at the Wiley Shelter, mile marker 1456.3, I believe. And this is my day 83, maybe 84. We're losing track out here, it doesn't matter though. I'm still having a blast, loving every second of this adventure. And today I'm gonna talk about the mental game out here. It's not so much physical anymore. Once you get your trail legs and you know, kind of get some miles under your, your boots, or your trail runners, whatever you're using, the physical side of thing kind of goes away. And as long as you're eating right, you can get past pretty much any mountain that the AT throws at you. But the mental game out here is still a big part and something that will slow you down or perhaps even speed you up when you're making miles. So at first, the mental game is really strong because people, I think, come out here and they're not used to 
bad weather, especially bad weather. When I went through the Smokies, we had some of the worst weather I've ever hiked in. And there is a fine line between weather that's, you know, over 40 degrees and you, you're prepared for it with clothing and weather that is under 31 degrees, under, you know, right, right under freezing. And that is whenever I think the mental game is just completely at its peak. So you have to really just embrace the suck, as everyone says out here, and really just put your head down and shoot for your target. You can't be thinking of what's around you as long as you're safe and as long as you're able, not comfortable with the situation, but able to get through the situation. Uh, for instance, when I first entered the Smokies, it was 31 degrees and it just would not snow on us. We were all just crossing our fingers, please snow on us, you know, stop wetting out all of our uh, rain gear, stop, you know, allow us to put some extra gear on, but no, it was hailing and sleeting on us. And it was very, very cold. And that's probably the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my entire life, but we made it through it. And since the first couple days in the Smokies, you know, however many miles away I am from the Smokies now, I always remember that on a bad day, or on a hard day, I should say, not necessarily a bad day, that it could be worse. It could be day one and two of the Smokies, because like I said, I was at my most uncomfortable I'd ever been in my entire life. But that's how you really grow as a hiker. Now, it's definitely gotten easier since I've experienced probably the worst weather I'm going to see on the AT. I hear there's still snow up in the whites, which could be an issue later on. But for the most part, the weather has not been bad. The mental game in the rain is still a factor. And it, yes, it does suck, but you gotta look at it like, you know, it's there, you gotta hike it, you gotta go through it. You either put some miles in or you go into town. There's always a town option if your mental game isn't as strong as it you know as any other day so that's uh, actually what we ended up doing uh this week actually we just got into new york a few days ago and as soon as we entered new york it was forecasted to be four days of rain a uh, low of 38 and 40 degrees for the high during the day and the first couple days was 22 mile an hour winds so the mental game was definitely hard. Now, during that weather, you know, depending on how hard it's rain, raining, your rain jacket will wet out and you'll, your hands will just start to freeze depending on, you know, what you're wearing on your hands. I'm hiking with a tramley right now, so I think the the mental game is enhanced. It's, it's easier to hike with people that are going through the same situation as you rather than just hiking solo. And that's something that I really wasn't even counting on. I wasn't counting on being with people while I hiked. I was really introverted when I started and now I'm just all about hanging out with my buds in the woods. So getting others around you through tough situations definitely helps your mental state. And I, I really highly recommend, you know, that you have a tramley while you're out here. I know this is not a tramley episode, it's a mental episode, but the, a tramley definitely helps your mental state of mind. So it's definitely gotten easier out here and any time that I just think that, man, I'm going off the deep end, I don't know if I can handle this, I always go back to the Smokies. I said, well, it could always be worse. Anyway, I'm frozen and thanks for listening.
Hello, everybody. It's Catherine Rizidis, a.k.a. Manhattan, and I'm talking to you from about mile 2150, which is crazy. I'm in my last week of the thru-hike, planning to hit Katahdin on Sunday. I think it's Thursday, but not entirely sure. Today, we're talking all about the mental game on the thru-hike, and people have said that you know, physically the hike is hard, but mentally it's like nothing you've ever done. That is totally true. It's been a challenge for sure. I would say at first I didn't really have any issues kind of making myself get up and go, climb every mountain and all that fun stuff. The first time I had a pretty bad day, I'd say, was Pennsylvania. Just because, I I don't remember the specifics, but lots of rain, lots of rocks, um... That was the first time when I really, really felt like uh, I just have to make myself keep going, and I had to dig pretty deep to get that to happen. That started happening a lot more toward Maine, and my theory for that is, you know, I've been out here soon to be almost five months. That is a lot of willpower to be using, and I think, obviously, like, the more times you tell yourself, all right, let's just keep going, I think you tap tap that bucket of willpower a little bit. And it's not really getting a chance to fill back up again because it's through hike. You kind of have to keep going until it's over. So I would say it's gotten harder, even though the miles have gotten shorter and the goal is so much closer, which is a bit odd. Probably because I I guess I wasn't expecting just how hard Maine would be. So I was always telling myself, oh, just get to this spot, just get to this spot. And then the next day would be even harder. So be careful of that because that if you're going to use that strategy, it may start to backfire on you when your body realizes, hey, this is all a trick. Um, in this particular hike, the mental challenges I've had have just been, I don't know, like it would be easy to sit on this rock that looks so comfortable or easy to sit on this log and then not hike for a bit, except that I won't get as far as I need to today. And then I'll have to make it up more tomorrow when I'm tired. So I would say my mind has always been more willing to quit than my body, which isn't really a surprise. Like anyone who works out knows usually your your mind gives out before the rest of you. Um, But when that happens every day, it's a little harder to remember that. Um, I try to, if I know I'm going to have a really tough uphill... I have my special Catherine's absolutely terrible, terrible music pump-up playlist that I let myself listen to. If it's an uphill that's hard and it's in the afternoon, that's the only time I really listen to music for the most part. You can ask my hiking partner if you want, but it is definitely a lot of chart toppers from when I was a junior, senior in college, and then just other really, really just terrible music. But hey, keeps me going, keeps me excited. So that definitely helps me on some of those, some of those tougher days. Um, as far as other coping mechanisms, I, at first I really, I liked making tea in the morning or in the evening and taking a little bit of time to read. That's fallen by the wayside a bit because instead of finishing in mid-September, I'm actually going to be finishing in mid to late August for reasons I'll talk about um, in the next wildcard episode. So I bumped up my schedule about three weeks, if not more. And, you know, it's my first through hike. I'm not ultra light. I'm carrying a lot of weight. So the, the days are definitely tougher. And if I can cut out a little time to get out and go, I definitely will. So I think that the 
kind of the, the self-care routine things that I really liked. I stopped doing to save some time and I don't regret that, but I definitely do miss those moments to decompress because they're getting to be a bit fewer and far between. Uh, currently, I'm always very excited to get in my tent and wipe down with wet wipes. That is usually a highlight of the day. And also there hasn't been that much great scenery recently, so that's probably why it's been a highlight. Um, so I would definitely say if you are planning to through hike, just know that there will be tough times. Think of things that you can do to keep yourself going. I also um, went to a lot of kind of group class classes at the gym by my work. And one of the trainers would always say, um, fast or slow, you just have to go. So sometimes that goes through my head if I want to stop. No, I don't need to stop. I just need to slow down. I just need to keep going somehow. Sounds a bit silly, but it's definitely helped me a little bit. I did expect it to be tough mentally. I guess I just didn't expect, and I don't think there's any way to expect until you've thru-hiked. I didn't expect just how hard it would be because it's every day for so long. I think if this had been a shorter thru-hike, if I had been out for a month, I don't think I would have reached kind of these, the lows that I've had on the trail. And I certainly don't regret it. You know, I learned it, even if I think that this is as far as I can go, it's, it's never as far as I can go. Every time I think that, it seems like the next day, the trail gives me a new opportunity to see just how far I can go. So I think part of it is definitely the length. I couldn't imagine being out here for seven months in bad weather. I think people who do that, you're definitely mentally stronger. Good for you. So again, people say that it's, it's hard mentally and that's true. So if you can think of a way to mitigate it, that's definitely good. The last thing is advice I would give myself for other hikers. I had intended to go into this through hike with no deadline. I'd gotten six months off of work and I figured based on the average pace, it should take me five and a half. That'll give me you know, two weeks of cushion slash vacation when I'm done. So I had, I had scheduled, or not scheduled, but I had expected to never feel like I have to rush to be able to go at my own pace, to not have to worry about how long things were, were going to take me because I knew that I would finish in time. After moving my start date up so much, it definitely turned into a bit of a numbers game, needing to hike. I think I did 10 days of over 20 miles a day and not the best terrain. A couple, let's see, we did a 30, trying to think of what else. Definitely some high 20s, so probably pushing a little bit more than I would have otherwise. Um, so I would say if at all you can avoid putting pressure on your end date, you can reduce some sketch if you, whatever you can do to not have any pressure on when you're going to finish mentally I think that will make you feel a lot better because you'll have a lot more time to relax if you feel like you need to take a day off um, you know it could also be something so awesome that you have to push ahead and that's what I'm doing now so very happy to be doing it but if you can avoid it definitely avoid it that's all for Manhattan I'm going to enjoy this beautiful non-rainy day try to get some more miles done and I'll talk to you all later in the 100-mile wilderness. Hello, hello. This is Hot Buns and... Your man, no worries. <laughs> coming at you from the Troutville Trail Dale. I can't even say it. <laughs> the Troutville 
Trail Days Festival in Troutville, Virginia. Try saying that like five times real fast. That, that gets kind of hard. So today we're going to talk to you about the mental game on the AT. Uh, this by far is harder and more difficult than the physical aspect of the AT for me. That's for sure. No worries may disagree as he is mentally stronger than I am, but my mental game has about taken me off trail multiple times. Um, I would agree that the mental component is the most challenging part of a thru-hike. My mentality has definitely changed over the course of our thru-hike. Uh, it went from being anxiety-driven and throwing up in the tent every night to, okay, I can do this, then to, my feet are killing me, to this is too hard and I want to quit, to I can't quit because Stronghold doesn't have the option to quit and I need to carry his memory to Katahdin. So I've been through a lot of different emotions from the beginning of the hike up until this point. Um, so I think I'm not in the minority of this because a lot of the um, females I talk to do this, but I cry about every other day on the trail. It was every day for the first couple of weeks and now it is when I'm really feeling the miles or I'm really emotionally down or my feet hurt to the point I can't go on. For my journey, the thru-hike has gotten easier from my anxiety standpoint since the early days, but harder as we go because the honeymoon phase has worn off and I'm bored at times with the hike. Oh, I think I'm bored at times. And I, I think that because the views are no longer and it's so hot that it makes it more difficult now than it was a month ago. Plus, I think I may have the Virginia blues. So when we cross that next state line, I hope to get out of this funk that I'm in. Uh, my mental challenges are that I do not think I have what it takes to do this, although I am out here kicking butt every day, and I know I am, but I still just feel like I can't do it. Uh, my coping mechanisms are to be alone when I'm in a mood like that, um, listen to podcasts, because they do help um, get your mind off things, or cry. And I think that endorphin release when I cry makes me feel better faster, and I can change my mood sooner, but it's probably not the best way to cope. <laughs> um, I don't think I was mentally prepared enough to thru-hike, even though I read Zach's amazing book twice, and that is on me as I am just not a mentally strong person anyway, and I should have prepared more for this aspect of the hike. We went out and we did the physical part, but we didn't practice the mental part. So I would offer my pre-trail self the advice to place myself in the difficult situations I only imagined. Go out and do 12 to 15 miles in the pouring rain as practice hike. Uh, go out in the heat and sweat a gallon of fluid so you knew how sticky and salty and disgusting you were gonna feel. I think these situations would have prepared me more for the instances that I would experience out here. For myself, um, number one, I would say talking to hikers every day that the mental side is the bigger part of this. There's no doubt about it. We yeah. see and talk to people, other through hikers constantly. Yes. For myself, um, let's just say I've had some adversity earlier in my life that has built a mental brick wall for me. So I am, for, for me, it's the physical side. Uh, my mental fortitude, if you will, is uh, it's probably a little stronger than most. Um, it's the aches and the pains, uh, doing the miles, those type of things. Um, I've gone through some knee issues early, kind of walked out of them. Um, some feet issues that everybody's kind of has some feet issues out here and the pain just 
kind of migrates. Um, acceptable amount of pain, but it just kind of gets in the way. Um, wish I could do more miles, wish I could, you know, hit it a little longer. So the physical side for me has been the bigger item. Um, and, and the main thing is really just uh, kind of self-created. I need to be better at stretching. Um, would have loved to probably learn some yoga and some stuff in advance. Famously, I'm very stiff and don't stretch. Um, I'm always kind of just a go, go, go. We can usually physically power my way through anything I want. Except when you through hike every day, you can't just will yourself through any physical management. You actually need to stretch and maintain and take care of your body. So the physical side is definitely my stopping point. Um, a couple great through hikers out here um, have helped me with some yoga. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the trail days that uh, Hot Buns was mentioning, I talked to uh, a uh, massage therapist slash muscle management gentleman that is uh, very intelligent and walked me through some stretches. And that is something that I need to do uh, on a regular basis, such as breathe and stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the main thing I tell me before I hit the trail is if you think you're physically strong, you're going to break down out here no matter what. Um, the muscles you use, the beat up on your knees. Um, I really wish I would have started a stretching routine before I hit the trail and learned some basic yoga moves before I hit the trail to use on the trail. Um, stretch, stretch. And when you think you're done stretching, stretch. It does the body good and can make a world of difference. It can maybe get you to Maine where you may not have before. So that is my two cents on the subject. Nice. Well, that's pretty much it for us, guys. You know, I hope you learned a little something about the mental side of the AT as well as uh, the physical side, um, because they're both important. And I think you need to have a good mix of preparation for both of them to be able to do well out here. I do personally think most people have more trouble with the mental side. And I would agree with that. Read Zach's book and truly digest it and analyze it and and live it. Yeah, because you eventually do get your trail legs, um, and it takes just a lot more time to get your mental trail legs. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, so we're going to be heading out uh, tomorrow, so we'll talk to you next time. And until next time, just remember to always get out there and live the adventure. Bye-bye. Hi there, this is Moron coming to you from just the other side of the Vermont New Hampshire border. Me and my fellows just made the way here and now we're about to do some, I guess, swimming, beer drinking, etc. Um, but it's an interesting topic for today, the mental game, the mental challenge. Um, actually, <clears throat> it's going back to some of the group dynamic clips we've talked about previously. Uh, we kind of separated from two of our other people um, who are part of this group for hundreds and hundreds of miles, which is sad. Uh, shout out to Stretchman and Compton. We still miss you. We still love you. We hope to see you again. Hopefully, if we can all sum it together, that'd be great. But um, recently, I guess back in like mid to late June, uh, three of my other uh, group members, Sparkle Motion, um, Pooh Bear and Forrest, we sort of decided to take a different approach to the trail as things kind of wore on. You know, we've been crushing miles for a long time. It's July 5th here, so 
we're making good time still, but it's starting, sort of starting to wear on us a bit because, you know, we, we're in the mindset where we had to get to the end uh, for the first, I don't know, 1,400 miles or something like that. And we've sort of taken a chill pill since then and sort of smelled the roses a bit more, gone swimming more, uh, taken opportunities to go into towns or take, like, unintended Nero's. Yesterday was actually the 4th of July, obviously, and um, we came down this mountain, and this guy, uh, Randy, if anyone's going through West Hartford, Connecticut, you'll probably meet him, uh, screamed over to us, if we asked us if we wanted anything cold to drink or something to eat, and we went over there and uh, ended up staying the night at his place. It was a lot of fun. Jumped off the bridge that was over the river that is close to his house, and shot fireworks, drank more beer, had pizza. It was awesome. Um, and so going back to the mental game of the whole thing, I mean, um, for me, this whole thing has been, I'd say physically more difficult than I imagined it would be. And, uh, the physical definitely plays into the mental aspect as well. But, um, you know, I've, uh, I haven't had any moments where I have woken up and not wanted to hike. I haven't had any of those moments where I've been like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this to myself? Um, and the closest I've come to those, those kind of like negative realizations has just been when I've been injured because I've been worried, you know, like, uh, foot pains or Achilles pains when I did the 17 mile hike in Crocs, which was stupid. Um, uh, you know, I was worried. I was like, shit, I may not be able to finish this. Uh, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Um, but you know, thankfully, uh, ill-advised, I pressed on and just walked through all the pain that I've had out here, continuing to have pain, of course. Uh, got something weird going on in the bottom of my foot, my right foot, not that it really matters. We're in New Hampshire now, so everyone can calm down. Uh, you know, we're making <laughs> making good miles. It's just uh, the days are longer, and I think all of that helps with, like, the uh, the drain and the strain of the mental part. You know, if, you, if you're having fun, if your day is broken up several times with just having a break by a stream or, like, uh, staying at a shelter for lunch, having a long lunch, like an hour and a half or something like that, cup of coffee, whatever you need, uh, you know, we're just trying to get through it at this point. Uh, we're part of the Jewel Life crew, um, so the Jewel helps as well. It's a nice little way to punctuate the day, just a little consciousness lift. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of feels like uh, Vietnam a little bit. I mean, not in the sense of uh, it really being like that, but it just seemed like all the historic footage I've seen of, like, soldiers just, soldiers just sitting around and puttering. It's just like those guys were, like, smoking cigarettes and smoking weed out of uh, shotguns and stuff like that. Like, you know, you just you got to do what you can uh, to fill your time um, so you can get through it. And, you know, the happier you can fill that time with... Uh, or the more things you can do to make yourself happier to fill that time the better the whole experience. And so we're here in Hanover, or at least close to it, and we've got to do some resupplying, we've got to do some showering at the community center and go to an outfitter and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's always chores to do out here. So it's going to be a late night probably. We're, we've calculated what our end date will most likely be and the miles that we need to do in order to get there by the date that we've chosen. And it's very doable. It's like 18 miles a day. So all of these these little things that you help to punctuate your day with, um, they keep the morale high. And I think that's kind of why our group had to split because the two guys who wanted to push on hard, uh, long miles each day, you know, we just uh, it just wasn't it wasn't working for everybody. <laughs> so you know, you have to hike your own hike and. 
you know, pace is one of the largest determiner, determinators, determiners uh, of the group that you'll find yourself in. And so, um, yeah, you know, I think the way things have kind of shaken out is the way that it had to be for us to all be happy and to continue on the way that we want to finish the hike. Um, I actually just got stung by a bee. Uh, <laughs> so I'm kind of monitoring that area on my body. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think overall, grand scheme of things, type two fun, uh, all those things considered, like the every day is good. Um, you know, uh, whether you do four miles or 40 miles, um, if you're with good people and you're all on the same page, like, you know, misery loves company kind of thing. So you can definitely make your way down the trail with a smile on your face. So many people are back. They just swam. Good water? Yeah, it was so nice. Nice. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, everyone has their own experience and everything out here. Uh, and there's no right way to do this if you've gotten as far as we have. Whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure if that clarifies things, but... You know, for people who are having a hard time, I would just say try to have more fun if you can. If you're with a group that's, like, uh, not doing what you want to be doing necessarily, uh, maybe try to get with some different people or, or do what you can to kind of, like, preserve your morale and your happiness. Uh, we're doing a good job of it out here. Every day has been fun for quite a few weeks now, or at least it feels that way. Um, and we're pressing on. Two more states left, and then we're done. So it's kind of bittersweet. You know, we've got 400 and something miles ahead of us, but it doesn't feel like that'll take very long to get through, especially getting through uh, finally out of Vermont today. Uh, we kind of got stuck in Rutland for several days. So <laughs> in any case, um, this is Moron from uh, the New Hampshire side of the New Hampshire-Vermont split, uh, and I will come back to you further down the trail. Bye for now. Correspondent listeners, this is Dash. I have completed 1,030 miles on the AT, but am currently at home, which I will explain later. Today, I will be addressing the mental component of my hike. While the physical challenges are definitely present, with some of the sections of the trail providing some big obstacles, I find the mental challenge, especially as a solo hiker, is fairly constant. This is due in part to my hike schedule with zero days spent with family and friends as well as my daily hiking goals. I have not spent many days on trail where I have kept a similar pace and daily goal that matches up with other hikers. Until recently in the Shenandoahs to Harper's Ferry section, I did begin seeing familiar faces at the end of each day and that meant a lot to me. Without that familiar contact, I found the mental aspects had grown in comparison to the physical and to my earlier days on the trail. My personal challenge has been the constant self-reliance. While I function off trail as a recent widow with well-developed self-reliance, I find it wears on me in an environment where I am used to more constant social interactions with good friends. My coping mechanism was to seek out a group I could identify as my trail family, and that helped a lot. I'm not sure I would give myself 
any advice pre-trail that would change what I have done. Time off trail with family and friends was a wonderful addition to my hike. And now I am facing an even bigger mental challenge that is also a physical challenge. After over a thousand miles, my body has rebelled with right IT band syndrome. That means I have severe pain as the IT ligament moves over the side of my knee joint when I do any descending. I am currently off trail working with a physical therapist to recover and get healthy enough to return to the trail. This has created a whole new set of, set, excuse me, of mental challenges and emotional. While I try hard not to use the word failure, I definitely thought of myself that way when I first returned home. I am slowly working through my options on how and where to return to the trail. I am not sure I will meet the classic definition of a through hiker and giving myself permission to be a different type of AT hiker has been hard, but ultimately necessary. I am not a failure and however many more miles I can hike with my time limitations, they will be an additional time spent in a pretty amazing place, the Appalachian Trail. So I will keep you updated on my recovery and return to the trail. And for now, this is Dash signing off from outside of Atlanta. And please remember, live your Dash. it is Sarah Herman and I am coming at you from South Jersey um Jess and I are off trail long story short our through hike has ended um we did a total of 900 miles um we got off trail just a couple days ago um in Oregon um This week's topic is the mental game, and I want to tie in kind of our departure to um, just the mental side of things. Um, While physically we were doing okay, I mean, things were hurting, um, legs, feet, um, the back of Jess's knee was really bothering her. Um, I mean, the reason why we left the trail was not physical. Um, we, I mean, it was a hard year weather wise. Um, the trail is hard every year disclaimer. Um, it's not like, you know, you ever get a perfect year. Um, but this year the hard conditions, I think were just incredibly hard for us. Um, we were expecting, things to go differently than they did weather-wise. We made it through the desert despite its, um, you know, cold, um, kind of windy, rainy um, experiences that we've had there. Um, But ultimately, when we flipped up to Oregon, things never were the same. Um, It didn't feel the same. It was difficult 
more difficult than I anticipated flipping up and going south. Um, for some reason, it just felt like we weren't really making progress. Um, things were really choppy as well. We kept taking time off for the weather. We would hike three or four days and then take three or four days off, waiting for snow to melt, waiting for big storms to roll through, um, resting our you know, tired muscles. And it was difficult to be kind of in the quote-unquote real world and then in trail world. And going back and forth for about a month um, was just really taxing. Um, ultimately, we had, we'd come to, we took a week off um, and traveled around Oregon a little bit. Um, waiting for snow to melt. Um, and then we went back to the trail and decided we were going to give it kind of one more go and we were going to see how it went. Because by that point, we had taken, I think, three other breaks in Oregon and we're just getting tired, um, spending money, spending time, and not getting anywhere. Um, and so... We gave it one more go and did our three days and got down to Shelter Cove um, and finally saw some other hikers there. Um, in the first two and a half weeks in Oregon, we saw, I think, three or four other hikers. Um, and so finally we saw people in Oregon which or at Shelter Cove, which was great and you know really uplifting and great to interact and talk to other hikers and kind of get a insight as to what was ahead, give insight to them as to what was ahead because they were going north, of course, um, and we were the only ones going south. Um, and then we left Shelter Cove after taking a zero and made it five to ten more minutes on trail before um, the mental game of the mosquitoes really just got to me. Um People from Oregon are saying this is the worst mosquito year they've had in over 25 years. Um, just the unending clouds and swarms. You can't stop walking. You can't lift your head net to get a drink. Um, I mean, I had 20 or 30 bites the first day we were in Oregon, and it didn't really ever stop. Um, it was exhausting and relentless, and it um, just kind of broke me. Um so we did not complete our through hike. We didn't even get halfway. We didn't even do a thousand miles. And it's all very discouraging and very um, overwhelming. Um, it was the best decision for us at the time, but it's a decision that I'm definitely still grappling with, um, still trying to come to terms with where we go next. Um, because Jess and I rented our house out for a year. Um, so we're technically homeless until April of 2020. Um, so we're at my parents' house now, nothing like coming back, um, kind of to reality of your circumstances and where you are in life. Um, but lots of lessons, that I have learned um, and that I'm sure I will learn through this whole process. Um, but the time that we had on trail, for the most part, was absolutely exceptional. Um, in the desert especially, I loved, you know, every minute, even the hard times. Um, you know, I'm really thankful that I got to do this with Jess and that we got to 
grow and have that opportunity together. Um, I think we're both really sad at how it ended um, and kind of sad. Yeah, just that we didn't accomplish our goals and that the mental side of things was too much for us to um, push through. Um, we are looking to complete the trail. Um, we'll, we'd like to do big sections at a time, um, maybe a month or two at a time, um, and try to wrap it up, um, you know, maybe next season even, but, um, who knows? Yeah. So that's the update from my end. Um, it's been a pleasure, um, sharing my story with you all. Thanks so much for listening to it. Um, and I wish all the best to our other trail correspondents who are still out there crushing it. Um, keep on and yeah, Sarah Herman from New Jersey. Hey everyone, it's Flamethrower. It's day 117 of my through hike. I am north of Sierra City. Yesterday I passed mile 1200 and I'm very quickly getting to the halfway point. Um, you know, I do feel like uh, it's pretty overwhelming to think that I have hiked more than a thousand miles um, and I'm still not even halfway to Canada. So, Good time to talk about the mental part of a through hike, right? Um, you know, I started out like a lot of people, very enthusiastic, probably carrying too much stuff, and uh, thinking that, hey, you know, this is going to go great. Nothing bad can happen, right? Well, no, I got injured pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, by the time I got to Kennedy Meadows, I had taken about 10 days off to either to injury or to. Uh, bad weather in Tehachapi. So staying mentally focused has been a daily challenge. Um, you know, it's not all beautiful landscapes and, you know, trail magic along the way. There are bad days and learning how to deal with those are going to determine largely how far one can get. Um, when I have bad days, I try to ride out the pity party, be done with it, and move on. Um, that's one coping mechanism. Um, talking to my hiking partner and uh, having my favorite potato chips, the salt and vinegar kettle chips, by the way. That also helps. And so, you know, it's, it's, um, it's really a daily struggle. Uh, when I was in the Sierra, initially, you know, you, there's the novelty of seeing all that snow and seeing the landscape change and going from Joshua trees to pine trees and not seeing rattlesnakes anymore and wondering if you're going to see a bear or deer or other wildlife. But eventually that really, uh, that, that much snow in the Sierra and having to trudge through that every single day, having to worry about stream crossings that were dangerous, um, having to cross Forester Pass and Mather Pass and really doing mountaineering instead of hiking, all of those things wear on you mentally. And by the time I got to Sonora Pass, I was just done. I was done with the snow. 
I was really hoping not to see any <laughs> any snow anymore. But of course, that wasn't the case. Uh, I'm still seeing patches of snow even north of Lake Tahoe. But now, you know, I see more, uh, most of the trail now is, is snow free. So that really keeps me going. And um, the, really the biggest um, approach or the best approach that I have is to take it by, um, take it in stages, uh, take it step by step uh, from trail town to trail town, you know, from, uh, you know, Kennedy Meadows to Bishop, from Bishop to Mammoth, from Mammoth to Bridgeport to South Lake Tahoe to Sierra City. I mean, just take it, you know, four or five days at a time. Um, Try not to think too much about Canada every day. It it can be very overwhelming. And so that would be the advice I would give my uh, pre-trail self. Although I feel like I was pretty well prepared mentally going into it. I I knew that it would be very difficult. Um, especially the the Sierra, I knew that that would be hard. Even when I was in the middle of it, I was grateful that I was there. And so going forward, um, I'm looking forward to getting to the midway point. I'm looking forward to getting to the Canadian, I mean, sorry, the, the uh, California-Oregon border. I am looking forward to going to Ashland and Bend and and keep going north. I have to say also that having the support of a trail family is very important. I would tell my pre-trail self to be open to meeting uh, people and to be part of a trail family. I thought that I would be doing most of this trail solo, but some of the people that I've met and I've hiked with and uh, really, you know, it's been so much fun. Uh, my current trail family includes Crazy Burrito, who you've all met. It includes uh, two gentlemen, Oconee from Georgia and Isaacs from Alaska. And it's just been uh, a great support. You know, I sprained my ankle a week ago and they basically uh, stopped, you know, hiking and made camp, you know, where, where I was and set up my tent, you know. And so having that kind of support really, uh, it, it, it makes me a stronger hiker. And that's not something I, I expected going into uh, the through hike. So I'm very grateful to have um, new friends. And uh, so that that's really important. So I really hope that uh, I can keep positive every day, even if I have bad times during the day. And uh, that's been one of the uh, main takeaways is to, even when you're having a a bad day, is to stay positive. And so I'm uh, grateful also that I'm here. I realize that I left a lot behind to do this hike. I planned this hike for at least two years in earnest and been thinking about it for longer than that. So all of those things really keep me uh, focused and you know, I'm not considering quitting by any stretch of the imagination. I'm focused. I want to get to Canada and I hope that I will, barring any uh, knock on wood, any major uh, injury or extenuating circumstance. So, you know, it's, uh, it's been so much fun. It's really been life changing already. Um, 
I will probably uh, tell you more about that at a later uh, time. But for now, I want to say um, that's all for now. And I will talk to you next time. Hello everyone, this is Kartike Nadendla. I have finally made it to Oregon and tonight actually this is pitch dark right now. I'm sitting next to my tent looking up at the stars and doing this recording. And I think it's a perfect time to talk about the mental game. So to begin with, I'd like to start that the first 700 miles of the PCT up until Kennedy Meadows is pretty much a honeymoon phase. You know, so many trail angels, lots of people on the trail, you make new friends, new excitements, it goes pretty smooth. Anyone can take that. So compared to that and where I'm standing today right now in Oregon, the mental game has been totally changed and I have to say it got way harder especially in the Northern California Northern California so far is the most difficult for me on the trail I'm not gonna lie so what are my mental challenges in regards to Northern California is simple so after the after finishing the honeymoon phase in the desert the first 700 miles i got into sierras so i love the big mountains i have some mountaineering experience so i was stoked pretty much every single day even if i like never really cared about the miles in the first place oh we gotta go up the pass oh we gotta cross this river oh we're gonna get back on the snow oh we're gonna do some rock scramble scramble up the madher pass so everything was fascinating for me and right after that excitement uh, when i got into the northern california there was no snow anymore there were no passes to take and there were no mountains to climb it was just a pretty straight trail and then it started to think about canada and making it to washington before the snowstorm and that stress takes up everyone starts to worry about the end end point and you know it's all about the miles 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 and that's where the mental game actually begins and i found it really challenging so the only way i coped up with that is like i never really listen to any music or podcasts or books or anything on in the desert and in the sierras but once i after lake tahoe pretty much in the northern california i started listening to music I started listening to podcasts and then I started listening to books as well pretty much every single day in North Cal because like you put your head down and the trail is right in front of you and you don't need to use your mind at all unlike in the Sierras where there was no trail and you need to figure out your path which was which was my interesting interesting game so you know when I started the hike uh, i consulted someone who finished this before and then everyone pretty much told the same thing those people were like northern california is going to be mentally challenging by that point once you get through the sierras your body will be so ready for anything physically you have nothing to worry about so if you really feel distraught if you really feel like you know boredom or the trail gets really monotonous or you don't feel like hiking at all just take a couple days off and go to a town and refresh and just keep hiking but never give up on a bad day that's what i was told so 
pretty much i think i was prepared for the mental game i knew it was coming for me but i just didn't know how and when exactly until i have experienced it and i have to say there is a lot of truth to that uh, because siraz itself was felt like a great accomplishment and once you're done with the siraz you're like oh wait uh, the victorious lap was done so what do we have now just making it to canada so we're just walking every day it kind of numbs down the excitement and i think the only advice that i would give myself the like the pre-trail self in this area before i started the hike is oh i just saw a shooting star it's beautiful so okay coming back to the advice i would tell myself not to get too excited for the sierras uh, i think taking every single section no matter where you are the desert the sierras north cal oregon i would advise my pre-trail self to take everything the same way it's like three triumph and tragedy the same way and that way i don't think one i would get bored and i don't think the mental game would get so harder and i don't think there would be so many days in north cal where i would feel like ah oh, why am i doing this again you know like if i actually had treated every single day the same probably would have been better off but that's the advice i would give myself and that's pretty much it so this is kartik and adinla signing off from oregon thank you guys This is Laura, also known as Carjack, and I am here on the PCT at about mile 2034 of my through hike. Um because of my flip-flop, this puts me at right about the beginning of Lassen Volcanic National Park. So I'm here this morning sitting on a log watching the sunrise. I'm just about to eat my breakfast, which is a package of Oreos, which is what I'm doing for a lot of my meals nowadays. Um and today's topic is the mental aspects of through hiking. I've done a lot of thinking about this over the course of the hike and uh yeah, I just wanted to share some of my thoughts. I want to start by telling a story. Um about a month ago, I ran into a northbound hiker who had just been doing the 24-hour challenge and he um he was about I don't know mid 20s I'd guess very fit and he had just amazingly finished hiking 75 miles in a little over 20 hours which is just incredible uh I was just in awe of the feat that he had accomplished and he was talking to the group of us and he said uh you know it's 100% mental what I just did and i kind of scoffed actually i was sort of like yeah right buddy i mean i don't want to throw any shade on him for what he did um there is of course a huge amount of mental discipline and strength that's required to walk for 20 hours straight which is what he did he said he didn't even sit down he was filtering water and eating and doing everything st- um while he was walking so there is of course a huge mental component to that but there is also an amazingly huge physical component to that um the pace that he walked to do that 75 miles is so far beyond what i'm capable of i cannot 
do that pace for 10 minutes, even if I was going downhill without a pack, there's just no way I could, I can hike that fast. So uh, the conventional wisdom about through hiking is that uh, it is more of a mental challenge than a physical challenge. Um, I think a lot of, you know, mid 20s men in the peak of their prime physical condition talk a lot about how it's purely mental. Um, for me, a nearly 40 year old woman, I will absolutely say for me, this is much more of a physical challenge than it is a mental one. Um, but I came into this hike much more mentally tough and mentally prepared than I am than I was physically tough. Absolutely. Ask any, if you ask anybody, they would say that. Um, many people that know me very well said, you know, you can do this. If anyone can, you can do this. And they did not mean because I have such prime physical condition. They, they knew that I was mentally tough and mentally prepared. And, um, you know, that's just from life experience. I've, I've been through, you know, a fair amount of adversity in my life. Uh, and, you know, learned a lot of coping mechanisms through that. I've uh, become very familiar and very practiced with the concept of living one day at a time. Um, and, you know, even before the hike, I was working out with a trainer, but this trainer that I chose, his name is Scott Hamilton back in Victoria. And uh, he's, you know, a coach and a trainer for these very intense Navy SEAL kind of challenges. And um, he actually gave me a lot of um, tools to help me mentally prepare for, the, for what would be a huge physical challenge for me. So that's been very helpful. Um, so the first question, have things been mentally harder or easier since the beginning of the hike? Well, <laughs> this is kind of funny. I was just listening to the recording on group dynamics that I recorded and oh my gosh, I sound like a basket case. I was in Tehachapi, which is sort of at the end of the desert. I was in a, a large trail family with 10 or 12 people and was at the peak of trail family drama. There was just so much drama going on. And there was a lot of stress within the group about, um, you know, what, who was flipping where and, and I was so stressed. I don't even know if I appreciated how stressed I was at the time, but the, the real irony of it all is that, um, since we all flipped up to the Northern border, up to Canada, I have hardly, I haven't seen any of them. I've, I hiked with one guy for a couple of weeks, um, but they're, you know, I haven't laid eyes on most of them since then. Um, not that I don't, you know, love them and still care about them, but they've they've done their own thing and hiked hiked on, and I've decided to to focus more on hiking at my own pace. And um, you know, out of the ten ten of us that were really tight group that flipped up, only four of us are still on trail. Um, and um, there are two girls that are still hiking together, and a, and a guy that's hiking alone. So, you know, it's just interesting um, how group dynamics have affected my mental state. Um, since I've been hiking more on my own, I've been feeling much more settled. Uh, it's such a cliche, you know, to hike your own hike, but for me, I got a lot happier and uh, stopped struggling so much mentally when I started really hiking my own hike, and it took me a big chunk of time to figure out what that meant for me. I thought I was hiking my own hike because of what I wanted was to hike with all of these people who I really liked. But for me, it means I need to hike the, the miles I feel comfortable with every day. I need to take Nero's and zeros when my body and mind needs them. 
Um, I've, I've certainly not been alone. I'm, I've got lots of friends that I'm hiking around and I'm happy to camp with friends and I'm, I love spending time in town with them, but I don't arrange my day and my week to suit their schedule and it just works much better for me. I just feel a lot calmer and um, <clears throat> my body feels a lot better. Um, and then as the hike has progressed, other mental challenges have come up. A big one uh, is boredom. I often get bored hiking 12 to 14 hours a day. Um, and I sometimes my mind starts fantasizing about quitting or about being at home or being with friends, um, being with the comforts that my life at home affords. And um, one <laughs> phrase um, that Scott, the trainer I worked with, had all these different phrases, and he's probably got them from other people. But one that he gave me that I use a lot is to shut the quit door and lock it. And so when I, my mind starts fantasizing about quitting, I sometimes even physically do the motion with my hand of shutting a door and turning a lock. And it's like, no, that's not even an option. And that actually does. It resets my mind and I start thinking about something else. Um, another struggle that's progressively uh, weighed on me mentally has been, uh, has been physical pain. I've had a lot of pain on this hike. Um, you know, foot pain. I've had a lot of nerve pain in my feet. I continue to have blisters, you know, even after 2000, more than 2000 miles. Um, I've got right now chafing that's like bleeding and it won't get better no matter what I do. And I've got, you know, every through hiker has physical pain and I find that that's a mental struggle. Um, I'm a physical therapist and I've done a lot of work, uh, post-grad work in the field of pain and chronic pain. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I know and appreciate that pain is, of course, a physical thing. Uh, you know, the nerves and your spinal cord, you know, sending messages up and down. But where pain is processed in our brain is where we process our emotions. And pain is actually a huge, a hugely emotional experience. And so uh, I've used a lot of my mental and emotional coping mechanisms to cope with pain. Um, another Scott saying that I use is that most people quit at 70%. So when I feel like I'm absolutely at my limit, I know that I've probably still got about 30% more capacity in me. And I use, you know, other coping mechanisms for pain, you know, distraction, other self-care techniques. Um, so yeah, that's a good cue to talk about some of the coping mechanisms that I've used to deal with mental struggles on the trail. I have a pretty healthy toolbox, I think, just because of past experience and, um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work on this in my life. Um, the primary thing I would say I've used is just this concept of living one day at a time. Um, I love the saying, there's only one way to eat an elephant and it's one bite at a time. So uh, I try not to think about how many miles I have left to go or how, you know, how big the task is ahead of me. I try to just keep things focused on a very small scale. So sometimes it's just get, what do I need to do to get to the end of the day today? Or um, sometimes it's, you know, what do I need to do to get to, to my lunch spot and just focus on getting to the lunch spot or to the next water source? Or sometimes it's even, you know, like just make it to that boulder over there. Um, and that is a big help. I have heavily relied on my support network. Um, sorry, there's just a hiker coming along. I'm just going to pause this for a second. Sorry about that. I just had some hikers come along. Um, but yeah, I've definitely heavily relied on 
uh, my support network and I've tried my best, although I always fail at this, not to spend too much time complaining to other through hikers about my issues, but I need to know who I need to call when I, when I need some support. And, um, the type of support that I need is, is very specific and I know who to call when I need a certain type of support. So if I feel really low and I feel like I want to quit, I do not want to call my mom or my dad because they love me and are so supportive. My mom will generally say, well, why don't you just quit? And my dad will say, you know, there's no shame in coming home. And why don't I, why don't I send you the money for a plane ticket? You know, that sort of thing is, is the support I'll get from my mom and dad. And that's not the kind of support that I necessarily need. Um, I have friends that can give me more tough love. I have one friend that that really is good at reminding me about self-care and what I need to do to focus on taking care of myself. So um, that's been a huge, huge help. Um, Even actually social media, um, as much of a bad rap as social media gets, I've been posting quite actively on social media. I do a post every day and the amount of encouragement and support that I've gotten from friends and family uh, on social media has really, really helped me mentally. Um, and then um, self-care, focusing on self-care, which is really uh, easy to forget when we're focused so much on, on achieving a certain number of miles every day. Um, so the principle of HALT, um, being hungry, angry, lonely, and tired um, as sort of a red flag or things to avoid Um I'm almost always hungry and tired on this trip. I pretty much have been since I started. Um, I'm not often angry, but I am also fairly often lonely. And so just being aware of that and taking care of myself by giving myself lots of rests, uh, lots of snacks, doing things that are fun, um, stopping and even if it's stopping and doing a crossword puzzle on my phone for a few minutes, just to try to be kind to myself. Um, I use a lot of distraction, honestly. I, um, I spend probably some point every day listening to audiobooks or podcasts. I, I do some reading at night uh, on my phone and those types of distractions are very helpful if I'm feeling low or feeling a lot of pain. Um, I do some meditation as part of just my regular life and um, have some readings that I do or try to do every day from kind of a, a self-help motivational type of book. Uh, and that has been hugely helpful. And that has all just been on my on my phone. I have a, the Kindle app on my phone and I have all the, the readings and everything that I do on there. So, um, you know, if I had to give myself some advice about, you know, before starting the hike, it would be you know, to not get too attached to one story about how through hiking is going to be, or it should be, or how my through hike in particular is going to be. Um, that attachment to that idea, like most attachments, is really the source of a lot of stress and misery. And, you know, for me, my story has changed through the hike. It started out in the desert with a huge big trail family. Um, it ended up with a flip that wasn't what I expected um there's been periods of you know days and weeks where I've hiked mostly alone where I've hiked with only one other person um you know I sometimes hike big miles I sometimes hike small miles so it's just sort of accepting things the way they are um and accepting myself for who I am has been probably the key to my improved mental state and I you know I've got 600 miles to go and I think I can 
make it to that last last few bites of the elephant by using these coping skills so anyway i'm a little bit over time but i just wanted to share my thoughts on this and uh yeah i hope all of you are doing well and i will talk to you soon this is carjack signing out bye Hey, Backpacker Radio, this is Julie slash Ark. Um, I am talking to you from Bernie Falls State Park and in Northern California. I think this is around mile 1400 and something on the PCT. Um, so uh, I think it's important today, you know, with this um, topic to have a good sense of where I am in my journey. Your mental kind of status on a through hike changes um, depending on where you are on your through hike. So um, I am, so if, I don't know if you guys remember, I got to Kennedy Meadows and then I flipped up to Snoqualmie Pass in Washington and I'm now heading back southbound, back to Lone Pine, um, where we got up off trail. And then we are hoping to have enough time to go back to Snoqualmie Falls and go north and finish at the border. So all said, I know that's all very confusing. Um, all said, I'm about, I'm, I'm 1,700 miles into this journey. We passed the 1,700 mile mark yesterday. And um, so I think that's important for context. You know, your mental outlook is going to change whether you're at mile 500 or 1,000 or whatever. So that's where I am. Um, so the mental part of this is by far the most important part. Uh, you know, we love to worry about gear and resupply and all the logistics. Um, and, you know, those are the things I spent a lot of my time thinking about before this. I tried to focus on the mental part and, and sort of like prepare myself for that. Um, but that's not really the fun part to think about. <laughs> so, um, but honestly, like your gear is not going to be what makes or breaks the through hike. Your resupply strategy is not going to be what makes or breaks the through hike. It's really the mental part. So it really is worth um, giving lots of attention to. So um, this has been a very, very difficult journey for me. Um, it's been like physically, I think I thought that eventually the hiking would become easy and it's become easier, but it has definitely never gotten easy. I mean, the thing is, as you get fitter and stronger and the hiking becomes easier, you have to keep increasing your miles. So you're, you're constantly kind of like break through this threshold. And, um, so you're dealing every day with like discomfort and pain and exhaustion. And so you're going to have that. I mean, I guess maybe some people don't. I don't know. Everyone I know has some level of that. Um, and the only way to get through that is kind of with mental toughness. So you've got to have kind of a plan. So um, here are some of the things that I've found have kind of helped me. It's, again, been incredibly difficult. I don't want to, like, I don't want to pretend that I have all the answers and that I have it all figured out. But um, here are some of the things that I think have kept me on trail. Um, first of all, as it suggests in Pacific Crush Trials, I do think it's really important to know why you're out here. Like make a list and write it down or type it up. Um, I carry my list in my fanny pack and I have looked at it several times. I looked at it when I wanted to quit. I've read it out loud when other people I know wanted to quit. You know, even though it's my list, I mean, every, you know, some of the things on there are going to resonate with, with other through hikers. Um, and then also I printed off copies of it and gave it to some of my family and friends, um, specifically the ones who I knew if I wanted to quit or, you know, wanted to give up, they'd be the ones that I would call, um, you know, my mom, my husband, some of my best friends. So I gave them a copy of it. And sure enough, there have been times when I have either texted or called them and said, you know, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And they will always say back to me, well, you know, okay, you know, do what you got to do. But just remember that this is why you started this. And then they will read those reasons to me. And 
And every time they do, it makes me stop and go, oh yeah, you know, like I knew this wasn't going to be easy. Um, so yeah, that's a, a really good idea. Um, something else that's been really important to me, um, that I think has really helped me with the mental toughness is other people on the trail. I think it's really important, um, to not be afraid to speak up when you're hurting or when you're homesick or when you're struggling. Uh, you know, I have been hiking now with the same group for, I mean, since the desert. So, you know, well over 1500 miles. Um, so I, that support system has been really important to me and, being honest with them about when, you know, days when, when I'm struggling, but even if you don't have, you know, even if you're more of a solo hiker and you don't have that, you know, you can still share with people, you know, at a water source or, you know, you break for lunch and someone comes and sits by you. You, you can be honest and say to them, like, you know, I'm having a really tough day. Like you may never see that person again. Um, but people out here are great and they're going to help you kind of process and get through it. Um, so don't be afraid to say when you're hurting or, you know, when, when things are really hard. Um, something else that's helped me with the mental part of it is, um, uh, I do keep a blog again, I'm a teacher. So I kept a blog. I started it for my students, but really it's, it's not about my students anymore. It's really about, um, keeping, you know, a good personal record for myself. And it just so happens other people are enjoying reading it. Um, but it's kept me accountable as well. You know, like this sounds silly and, you know, and I, I'd love to sit here and say that all of my strength and motivation has come from inside me, but because other people are reading that blog or, you know, maybe you use social media or whatever, I'm getting tons of strength and support from them. And also just accountability. You know, I don't want to have to tell these people that are reading my blog and my students that I, that I failed, you know? So, um, I definitely think that putting it out there that this is my goal and this is what I'm trying to accomplish has helped me, you know, help me stay accountable. Um, I think it's really important too, that, you just you define like before you get out here what your definition of success is so some people like for some people they they will settle for nothing less than you know a true nobo um continuous footpath north and that's cool some people i know have skipped sections you know they got sick or they got injured and so then they skipped a section to catch back up with their trail family if they're cool with that that's fine too um i know my definition of success was to do the whole trail i didn't care order. I was fine with flipping, um, but I really didn't, you know, want to skip sections. And so I think it's important. You're going to have to make hard decisions out here about things like that. And I think it's important that you know what's important to you before you get out here um, so that you know what that definition of success is. So, um, you know, that has been important and um, definitely think about that ahead of time. I mean, the last thing I put on my list of things to think about are you're just going to have to understand that some days are going to suck. And you're going to have to learn to embrace the suck. You're going to be cold. You're going to be tired. You're going to be sore. You're going to, you know, your feet are going to hurt, whatever. And it's all part of it. Um, but I can tell you that it's totally worth it. And if you just embrace the suck and understand that it is going to be hard and push through it, um, I think it's it's totally worthwhile. So, all right. Well, that's what I have um, for you guys. I do not have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. Um, you know, I'm 1,700 miles in and still struggling some days and, Um, but I'm loving it and I've seen some amazing things that I, I just, they're mind blowing. So, um, that's what I've got for you guys today. All right. Thanks. Hey everyone. 
this is Farmer's Market. And this is Tropicana. We are at mile... 1590.8. And heading north toward Canada. And we passed our 1,000th mile on trail yesterday. Yeah, since we skipped the Sierras, we hit 1,000 miles of hiking for us yesterday. Yeah, and it's June uh, 27th. Yeah. Uh, we're sitting here at a campsite making coffee early in the morning. Yep. It got down to probably like 35 degrees last it was night. cold <laughs> last night um, here in the Trinity Alps. Yeah, and <laughs> today we are going to talk about mental, the mental game on trail. Um, so the mental part of through hiking is, in my opinion, definitely like the most challenging part of it. I would agree with that. More so because you're out here doing it every day, almost every day, like all day, like sometimes like 12 hours, 13 hours. Um, that being said, like, it's kind of, kind of weird too, because it's also like the hardest part is physical because once you start aching, um, your tendons and your joints and not so much muscles actually, but your knees and heels and stuff like that, um, that really plays into like kind of the mental <laughs> factor of your day. I'm not sure if you experience that too, but, um, not as much that way because it seems like all my aches and pains they tend to go away especially if I stretch um and so mentally like I, that doesn't really bog me down as much would you say it's gotten easier since the desert or harder mentally harder um and I think a big part of that for me is losing our trail family everyone went their separate ways um you know when we're all together and hiking with a bunch of other people you can kind of rally together like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do these miles. But it's mostly just us out here. Um, although we did camp with the biggest group of no bowers that we have seen so far up here. Since flipping. Last, yeah, yeah, since flipping last night, which was nice. But I think largely being on our own, um, I kind of get inside my head a lot instead of um, talking to other hikers. Yeah, I, I think part of the challenge of flipping too is we still have what like thousand miles in front of us and like 600 miles behind us still to yeah. do yeah. so it's yeah it, you have to like grapple with like there's unfinished business behind you as well as like in front of you which can be like really draining because then right. like how do you get back to it how do you what's the steps toward accomplishing the goal now since you're not doing a direct straight line right um what specifically are some of your mental challenges <laughs> oh my god so we probably should have recorded this yesterday morning when i was at like the height of my anxiety mm. um i am incredibly fearful of thunderstorms especially like at higher elevations yes yeah, she, she yesterday we're getting water it's like nine o'clock in the morning she's like eric i'm a little nervous about clouds building up today I look up and it's like completely blue <laughs> There's sky. No clouds. But sure <laughs> but, enough, they built yeah, a couple hours she, later. You're right. You're right. I'll give you that. Yeah. So, and it did look like it was going to rain for a bit, but. Yeah. Yeah. So I have high anxiety with that. And that's something I knew going into this hike. Um, I've had this for a while um, and I haven't really known how to cope with it. And when I've been on hikes before, like day hikes and stuff, it's always like, well, I can just turn back around, but I can't turn back around here it's like gotta move forward um and so I try 
I think my biggest thing to cope with it is to let you know, bro. Yeah. That like, hey, I'm feeling this way. If I need to like rush through an exposed part, yeah. I'm going to run ahead of you just yeah. for my own sanity. That's fine. Um, so this that's my biggest mental blockage is like thunderstorms and weather and just trying to get through exposed parts at high elevation and back into the trees. I feel very safe in trees. Yeah. So yeah. that's... Yeah, and it's gotten harder since the beginning because in the desert you don't really get thunderstorms, but um, up here you can in yeah, the mountains, definitely. and we will for the rest of the hike. And so I try not to think about that, like, oh my God, what's Washington gonna feel like? Um, I try to, I'm trying to stay present. It's really hard, but I'm trying to. Um, with yeah, me, it's more so just like getting through the long day with the aches and pains and then that in combination with uh, missing some things from home or like just like good restaurants and everything like that. <clears throat> Sorry, we have some deer running through the campsite right now and they're really distracting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also like, I really miss my boyfriend. I miss our parents. I miss yeah. home. I miss yeah. the comforts. Uh, yeah. One of the things I really kind of miss is kind of, dumb to some people probably but it's baseball yeah um but that's pretty easy to cope too because uh, like when we have service and the rockies are playing i'll listen to a rockies game just like with my headphones on trail yeah. just stream it and actually it like really kind of makes that day of hiking fun looking back for sure i mean out here first and foremost for like the nature and the experience but it's nice mm -hmm. to have like those little creature comforts creep in every once in a while and for sure just letting my like aches and pains like getting a good night's sleep is important for me sometimes it doesn't happen it makes the next day really rough but it's just kind of a process and know that they will eventually go away so yep. that like helps me get through a day yep um let's see yeah what what advice would you offer your pre-trail self farmer's market <laughs> um in regards to my mentality um I don't know I, I think I would have like pushed myself more pre-trail to try to get over this anxiety or have um coping mechanisms for it instead of trying to learn it on trail yeah um I think that would have been more helpful um instead of like having this high anxiety on trail yeah I think I would have I get that. I get what you're saying. Something similar. Um, I think I would have had like a kind of a protocol built in. Right. So. Um, I remember this one stretch, right? I think it was right after Walker Pass in Southern California, where it's just a long day. The sun was intense. And there's a bunch of Joshua trees around, so no, not much shade. Um, I just had to sit down and I was really mentally struggling that day. And I think I just ended up focusing on my breath and just breathing sitting alongside the trail and that really helped so if I could like work that more into my rough mental days here I think that'd be good yeah that's something I need you to is just just breathe <laughs> yeah um and the last thing I'd like to add kind of end it on a positive note is there's gonna be like really rough mental days out here but usually they're followed by really good days on the trail and like really memorable days on the trail that's that true. make it all worth it that's true so yeah we just gotta get through the rough parts yep so all right i think that's it that's all i have
All right. Till next time, guys. See ya. Bye. Hey there. This is Siren. And here comes a car. I'm checking in again from Olympia, Washington. Uh, I'm on a road walk, rehabbing the knee. Uh, and I have really good news. Um, I had my follow-up appointment from surgery. And I have the green light to get back on trail. So I've had a couple PT appointments and been doing a lot of stuff on my own. And uh, I get back out tomorrow. So I'm going to travel to Portland tonight and head to um, Cascade Locks and, you know, see how things go. My goal is to get to Rainy Pass, which is where I fell and got hurt in the middle of July. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So anyway, uh, today's episode is about um, the mental game, <laughs> which uh, I got to tell you, is just fucked when you're hurt, man. Um, I've stayed in touch with my friends who continued hiking, and I can say that I don't think it gets easier. I think it gets harder for everybody, um, whether you're injured and off trail or whether you're still still doing it. You know, everybody has a goal, generally speaking, and this year it seems like a lot of people had to change their plans. I had to step away from the road. It was getting really loud and windy. Um, yeah, so a lot of people have had to change their plans. Um, and it seems like everybody that I talk to is worried about time and whether or not they're going to finish. And uh, my friends that flipped to to go Sobo have run into a lot of northbound hikers who started much earlier than we did. And everybody seems to have an opinion and it's really weighing on them. Uh, you know, you better hurry up. You're never going to make it. The snow's going to come. You know, it's interesting. Um, just sort of every passing comment or thought affects the hike. And frankly, I don't think that they're enjoying it the way that they were when I was out there. You know, when we started and we were in the desert, it was easy to be present in the moment and sort of just throwing yourself into the daily life and learning about other people and experiencing the trail and now it's more about doing the trail and getting it done um maybe it's a gift that that was taken away from me uh i'm not going to through hike the pct i'm not going to finish it it's not possible so perhaps it was a bit of a i don't know an opportunity for me not to freak out about that because it doesn't matter uh I, uh, I'm just gonna try to finish Washington at this point, which will I mean, it'll bring me to about half the miles of the whole trail. Um, and I think it'll really allow me to take my time, which I have to do anyway, because I just had surgery on my knee almost three weeks ago. Um, and hopefully enjoy myself and see things in a way that I didn't in the beginning, because I was surrounded by all these people who were so excited, just like I was. So... Yeah, I think the mental game gets harder. It really does. Once you reach a certain point in time and you know that you can do it, you know that you can hike and you can you can endure getting into towns and resupplying and 
ever-changing weather and the unexpected. Once you know that you can do those things, the, the long game is the test. Um, it has been interesting to me being off trail and seeing people post on social media that there's been some people who have really struggled with whether or not they want to hike anymore. Um, and not because they're injured, but because they, they think they just don't want to do it and they're bored or it doesn't, it's not fulfilling them the way that they, that they thought it would or that it was. And that's, again, super interesting to me. I mean, I don't pass any judgment. I completely understand that everybody's experience is different. But for me, I want nothing more than to be out there. So to have the choice to finish or, or keep going or not keep going, um, it's no question for me. I want to keep going. So, yeah. So um, I guess if I had to give my past self any advice, it would be stick with it. There's going to be plenty of difficult things. Much of this is going to be out of your control and there's nothing you can do about it. So stick with it. Um, I don't know. I suppose this comparison is made a lot. I make this comparison a lot in my professional life, but that an opportunity that I get is an opportunity that somebody else doesn't have. And I've experienced that on both sides, that sometimes things that I don't get to do, I'm watching other people do. And that makes the choice simple. So stick with it. I think it's worth it. And I think that this experience will change you in a way that nothing else can. Um, and I think that advice is the same for my future self because I do want to try to do this again and other, other things that will probably be equally as challenging. So, um, yeah, that's not to say you should do something that you hate. If this isn't for you, it isn't for you, but you know, don't quit on a, on a hard day. It's something I've been told before, and I suppose that's because that's when it's easy to quit. Anyway, um, I hope everybody's doing well, and this is Siren signing off. What's up, truckers? Dosu here. It is August 19th, and it feels like it's September 19th. It's uh, 6 a.m. right now. I set my alarm for 4 a.m., try to get an early start to do some stuff, but it is so cold. I have been staying in my tent, so just don't want to get out. It is that cold. It uh, feels like September. So today we're talking about the mindset associated with the thru-hike. Um, the mental game is definitely the most important part of a thru-hike. You keep a positive attitude, your body will catch up to your aspirations. Uh, that being said, once you've thru-hiked as many times as I have, you're already of that mindset all the time. So really, the, for me, the mental game is the post-trail mental game. That being said, I've really kind of put off uh, recording this podcast. Uh, honestly, like, I didn't want to think about uh, my post-trail decisions. Um, all the trails that I've done before, I didn't think about what I was going to do after trail until it was about three weeks after I had already finished the trail. Um, and usually it kind of, like, leaves me in the lurch. 
dealing with post-trail life for me is kind of like being one of Peter Pan's lost boys and being forced to grow up, being cast out of Neverland and forced to deal with bills, work, responsibility, politics, injustice, all these things that you really don't have to deal with when you're on trail. Uh, so I really, uh, it just messes with my head pretty bad and I, I hate doing it. Now, with that being said, knowing that I had to record this podcast, uh, looking at it on my phone and saying, man, I got to talk about this, um, actually kind of helped me out with uh, having to deal with doing that. Um, So, you know, the last town that I was in, I decided to start working on those things. And they actually fell into place pretty quickly. Uh, I found a place to live, uh, super cheap. I'm going to be moving to Portland, Oregon. And I'm pretty sure I've secured a job for uh, that time there. Now, I'm not going to say that it is a long-term plan. Because um, that would freak me the hell out. I actually made plans just to work and live from October through January. Um, that'll give me some time to decompress after trail and figure out what I want to do after that. Um, it's hard to know what I really want to do. I've been working towards this Triple Crown since 2015. I haven't had furniture since 2015. Now all of a sudden, uh, I'm about to finish my Triple Crown and damn, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. There's so many things to do in life besides just walking. But honestly, walking is just one of the most simplest things that we can do. Uh, It's kind of like I can go on autopilot and all I have to do is get to Canada. Like, that's super easy. But for me, like, going and getting a job and dealing with the harsh reality of regular life that's it's daunting as can be i guess it's kind of backwards for me as it is for most people this is where you really see post-trail depression uh take a hold of people like me um you go from eat sleep hike repeat to oh get a job go do this, you need a car, like, how are you going to get to this place on time? Um, Just horrible, horrible things that I have to find coping mechanisms for. Uh, I guess a lot of people have to find coping mechanisms for life on the trail. Uh, I deal with coping mechanisms for life off the trail all the time. Um, and usually what my coping mechanism has been for life off trail is soon I'll be back on trail. Um, and right now I don't know if I will be back on trail. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, it's pretty crazy, pretty scary. Like, what am I going to do after this? Do I want to do another hike? Do I want to go rock climbing? Do I want to just travel? Um, One of the thoughts that I've had is that I want to get a cross-country bike and uh, maybe do some cross-country cycling uh, a little bit faster than walking and get to see a little bit more, get town every day, 
have some friends that do uh, cross-country cycling, and they seem to love it. Uh, so yeah, kind of freaking out right now. I don't really want to think about this anymore, so I'm going to end this podcast and try to get out of bed because it's really cold and have some breakfast and decompress from how stressful you just made my morning. But yeah, I love you guys. Goodbye. everybody this is Sarah Duma where in the world is Carmen San Diego and I am in Helena Montana did you know Helena is the capital of Montana well I didn't know that before I started this trail and it is day number 99 for me that is crazy 99 CDT days on the wall yeah and um you know, mental challenges. One way to deal with a mental challenge is to take some zero time. And that's exactly what I'm doing in Helena. There's a rodeo here and some cool breweries and a lot of historic stuff to walk around and see. So it's a great place for that. My biggest challenge this year on the CDT mentally is um, dealing with the flip year and trying not to compare my experiences with other CDT hikers. Because of social media, uh, with Instagram and Facebook, I can pretty much see where my peers are along the trail and what they're up to. And, you know, they're posting and curating their photographs and they're showing like amazing, spectacular stuff. And yeah, I, I start to feel like, um, did I make the right decisions? Uh, with with the trail this year, um, and, I, and then these regrets start uh, creeping into my mind. Like, uh, d- do I regret spending extra time in town and not keeping up with a cool group of people? Do I regret taking particular alternative routes and maybe the official CDT was more beautiful and spectacular, or maybe I took the official and the potential alternative was was more epic. Um, do I regret, uh, not pushing forward through Colorado in the snow? Because, you know, uh, as far as I know, no one's died this year. People have made it through whether they were taking the low routes or they're taking the high routes. Could I have, you know, like pulled up my hike and skirt, hike, hitched up my hike and skirt and just ran through? And, Um, I even have regrets. Should I have, when I resupplied, uh, have bought more Twix bars instead of Snickers? And these regrets kind of like fly around in my mind and, ah, they can be, they can be difficult to deal with. I, uh, to deal with it though, I just have to remember, uh, the past is the past. I can't change it. I just have to keep pushing forward and more adventure is always going to be awaiting right in front of me. Um, and I, and and I haven't even mentioned like the stuff happening at home with, uh, with my friends and my family, missing out on summer concerts, science fiction conventions, weddings, cool events, cottage weekends, 
And um, then I start to doubt myself thinking, uh, you know, I have a limited time on earth. Would that time be better spent or more wisely spent doing that stuff at home and having that type of experience rather than being on the trail? Then I have to be like, yo, Sarah, Carmen, I made the decision. I made the commitment to through hike the CDT. Get those thoughts out of your mind because they're unproductive. And uh, then if I really need a boost, um, I'm very fortunate to have so many supportive people in my life uh, that are commenting on my social media stuff, like the Instagram and YouTube, and writing really great comments. And those comments, they they do give me strength to to keep going. Like I'm like like sometimes I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Oh my goodness! And then I read a comment from someone, even if it's a total stranger, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm that person. They believe in me. Why am I not believing in myself? Uh, So when I'm feeling miserable from a thunderstorm, I'm like, remember, thunderstorm's not going to like last like weeks. The sun is going to come out eventually and I'm going to dry out my gear. I have the knowledge and the experience to get through any kind of challenge the backcountry is going to throw at me. I have a solution for any problem that could come up. And um, it's like, uh, I'm okay, I'm super clumsy. I fall down all the time. When I'm standing at the top of a really steep, gnarly downhill with like slippy potato sized rocks or like really like gravelly, sandy stuff, and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to be falling on this. I'm like, and I start to get freaked out. I just turn my mind. Uh, to different thinking. And I think, okay, I'm just going to take one small controlled step at a time. And I'm eventually going to get down there. Like this descent is not going to lead me into the depths of hell. You know, (laughs) it's going to end at a certain point. And that's the way um, I kind of view going through the trail. Um, you know what, like, don't, don't get messed up about the big picture. Just focus on one section at a time, focus on one day at a time, focus on one mile at a time, and just break it down into these smaller chunks. So if I could go back to, um, my pre-trail self and, and kind of give myself a piece of advice with mentally what the CDT was going to have in store with me, store for me, I'd be like, be like, Hey, just keep looking forward. Once you've made a decision, you live with that decision. Don't have any regrets because, um, you're in, you're in control of shaping how your through hike is going to go. And if you don't, and if you do, or if you are on a path that you don't like, you can change it. For example, when I was in the deep snow in northern New Mexico, dude, I'm not going into Colorado. I'm going to change it and I'm going to go up to the basin and just feel confident with whatever decision you make. Uh, So, you know, I'm in Montana now and uh, Montana is super fantastic. I love the trail towns. 
love the people here. I am spending a lot of time in the trail downs. Uh, I'm a big fan of the double zero, but when there are things to do and check out, like in uh, around Lincoln, they had this really neat outdoor sculpture garden. And if I was in a hurry and I was like, nah, need to make my miles, need to get back down to Colorado and blah, blah, blah. Um, I would have missed out on that. So, so yeah, everybody just hikes their own hike and, uh, mentally to get through it, just keep doing you. Don't worry about anybody else. And so that's it. Sarah Duma, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? So say we all live long and prosper, um, and insert many other sci-fi phrases here. Okay. Bye-bye. And that's it for today's show. Before getting to our normal sign-off, I want to wish an extra thank you to Sarah Herman for not only being a part of our 2019 squad, but her refreshingly honest explanation for why she got off trail. It's so much easier to attribute this to some excuse, whether it be an injury, financial constraints, or otherwise. And although these are real reasons why people vacate the trail prematurely, they are also cited as primary reasons more often than is actually the case. Your vulnerability is a sign of strength, and from it will greatly serve others who are sincerely interested in learning what this journey is all about. Thank you for a beautiful sign-off. May there be plenty more adventure in yours and Jess's future. If you enjoy the show, please do us a solid by leaving a review on iTunes. This goes a long ways to getting the word out about the show. Also, don't forget to subscribe to ensure you don't miss future podcasts. Today's show was edited by our guy, Polly Boy Shellcross, who is also the genius behind these beats. You can keep up with the show on Instagram at Trail Correspondence, on Twitter at ThruHikerPod, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Trail Correspondence. You can also get a hold of us via email at podcast at thetrek.co. You can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at ZR Davis. Signing off for now. Happy hiking. Happy hiking.